0: Go
1: ahead. Okay, where, where's my glass? I that's, ain't looking for nothing but a good yeah, time. That's, mine. that's yours. Okay, That's your first beer.
2: Okay. All right. This is, uh, Welcome to the Beer and a Movie podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm David Gurney and I'm here with... Joe Hilliard. And Carlos
0: Cooper. And how are we starting this episode, Carlos? There's a lot going on behind the scenes. There is. There is. Uh, So another homebrew adventure. Um, Uh Me and um, a good friend of all of ours, Mm -hmm. possibly a good friend of the show. I don't think he listens to it. I don't know if he's a podcast guy. But, you know, Um, we'll force him to
2: at some point. At some point.
0: Um, But, yeah, me and my good friend Joey got together and we brewed uh, just a, just a, a proper stout. Just Nothing special mm-hmm. no uh, no lactose no nothing just roasted barley and mm-hmm. you know hops and yeast and whatever and so we are going to give this guy a try mm-hmm. um,
2: Do you have a name do you do you, have you gotten to where you want a name I know the first we had our listeners may remember a few episodes back we tasted your first. Brewing attempt, which I, you did solo. You didn't have Joey. or, do, or Yeah, that,
0: that one I did by myself. Right. It was like And that was a, a brown ale. It was a brown ale. It was like out of one of those kits.
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: So, hey. that, so that one wasn't anything like crazy. It was just like, you know, a homebrew kit. It has everything you need right. measured out, the yeah. recipe made for mm-hmm. you, a right. gallon. Just Follow these and, instructions. Yeah, right. follow the instructions. Don't fuck it up. Um, you know, whatever. And that was pretty much uh, all that... All that happened with that one. With this one, now you got um, now
1: you're hanging with a brewer.
0: Yeah. So Joey and I we went together to uh, go see our buddy Kyle, uh-huh. who most beer enthusiasts in our our town know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went and bought a fuck ton of grain from him. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it was like fifteen or seventeen pounds of grain or something. Yeah, crazy. I mean, yeah. it was a lot. Uh, and just fucking, you know, fucking boiled it. Well, yeah, boiled it. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think we came out with, right after we bought all that grain, we went and sat at B&J's, um, and we had, um, we both ended up ordering the same thing, but the, um, founder's breakfast stout, Oh we were drinking that, and I was like, okay, this is, and Joey's like, this is kind of what we're going for, you know, it's just a, it's just a good stout, it's bitter the way it's not sweet, it's like, you know, that kind of thing, and I think that I think that we did a pretty good job, or he, I mean, you know, I I just really helped him. Um, I think we did a good job. I think the only thing that kind of surprised the both of us was how much more, like, caramel and toffee was on the nose um, than we were anticipating. Yeah.
1: So you've had this before, Carlos?
0: Um, Yeah. (laughs) This one I've had. um, I've shared it with a couple of people. Pink Cat had some of it. He liked it a lot. Um, My friend Brandon really liked it. Um, it's just a traditional stout. Just a traditional stout, yeah. My, uh...
2: it's, but it is. it is. I mean, it's just a really, as I'm sipping it here, I mean, first of all, beautiful, dark sort of uh, color that, that we'd want a stout to have. Not a whole lot of head. But that,
0: yeah, that was, I think one of our biggest complaints was the head retention. You, you wanted more. Wanted more. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I don't like it. <laughs> Who but doesn't? <laughs> but it is, but it's
2: nicely carbonated. I mean, when yeah. you actually mm-hmm. sip on it, it's not like it's lacking in carbonation yeah. and it's not too lively either. That was the problem that I had when I brewed stouts at home, um, the, the couple times I did is that it mm-hmm. seemed like, I don't know if it was the yeast, I don't know what it was, but. It just got a lot more carbonated and bubbly than I wanted it to be. I want a stout to be kind of in that medium range Mm -hmm. where there's some effervescence,
1: but it's not like hitting me. Yeah, it's, it's only not changing the flavor profile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. No, this is a nice balance.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I think I think I definitely, me and Joey both, I think, agree that there's a little room for improvement as far as body goes, mm-hmm. the head retention, like you'd like it to what be a heftier, you a little heftier, want. yeah. Um, what it, what is the ABV? Do you nine? Really, it's nine.
2: Okay, I get, Then you should God, have a little more taste, body because I'm I'm, I'm sipping on this and I'm like, this is like a. Six percent, yeah. Stout. I'm not
1: tasting nine at all. No, yeah, it's a nine
2: for a nine percenter. I agree, the How body did you come is up with maybe that? a little thinner. Uh, we
0: have is there a little calculation, we have the little hydrometer thing. What's it called? Is it called a hydrometer? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, you, you measure the gravity, yeah. You the measure the original gravity, gravity and the yeah. final gravity, it okay. tells you
0: what, uh, what the ABV is. Probably. Now, being uh, the particular um kind of craft beer drinker that I am, right. I couldn't I couldn't just let us do this. Yeah. Like I really poked and prodded at Joey and I was like, come on, let me let's do let's go above and beyond. So we right. took so so we made this. We made about five gallons of it. And uh once it was done fermenting, we bottled um three gallons of that, five. So we took two gallons of it. We added about um a pound to a pound and a half of shredded coconut, mm. about a pound to a pound and a half of cacao nib, and four whole vanilla beans. Heck yeah. So, How many of those do you have uh, elsewhere in this home? Of these? uh uh-huh. um, I have, I think, like three bombers on top of the fridge. Okay. Uh, Which one am I taking home? <laughs> I, have so, a, I have a lot more of the... Uh, Stout? The, I've just yeah, I've Straight just planted yeah. out. Um so
2: and, and already I mean that's it's it's wonderful when you can have this side by side oh, where where we coconut. have the uh, you know, the the sort of base beer, and then the one that has been adjunctified, I mm-hmm. guess, that, that we've put in some of these things, because you know, we were talking about, you do get a little caramel, you do get a little toffee, definitely that roasty kind of coffee nature that that you expect with the stout on the original, but automatically, you know, I put my nose on it, and I'm definitely getting that coconut, I'm getting yeah. the vanilla.
1: Are you ad-libbing with the the content, the... the, the, the how much you're putting in of the ing- adjunct ingredients or do you have well, some kind of game plan
0: uh, we're shooting for about a pound of the ingredient to a-, a gallon of the beer the hiccup we ran into was the vessel that we were using was not big enough to accommodate all accommodate Once you put in all the
2: adjuncts it was yeah, yeah it's a
0: lot of stuff and originally sorry you got all the floaties um, but it's really just shredded coconut <laughs> for the most part. It's very, it was very difficult. I, I'm I, not complaining. I bottled it by myself. It was very difficult to extract yeah. the coconut from the right. beer. And, um, but oh. so we, so we ran out of space a little bit. Originally my, <clears throat> uh, recipe was going to make it a kind of, uh, almond joy stout. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but because we ran out of room, the almonds never got in there, and because of the unexpected, like caramel and toffee kind of flavors, you got more of like a caramel delight, Girl Scout cookie kind of smell. Oh mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so it, it took a it took an unexpected little turn there, but
1: you totally changed the beer. I mean, oh, it's as yeah. you would, but the body of it is different. You mean okay, yeah, you got the overlying right sweetened flavors that you would expect, mm-hmm. but but the body of this beer is is, is much different now.
2: I agree. It 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 does have uh, sort of heftier presence. God. It's it's got a thicker mouthfeel. A lot I'm of so coconut.
1: Coconut's not my go to flavor. Uh, it's my I favorite. Love yeah, I'm a ball. I'm a slut for coconut. Do you like that uh, <laughs> Iowa, uh, uh coconut, coconut porter? <laughs> porter? Yeah, yeah. We it. we keep that in our fridge. Love it. She loves that. Death by coconut. Death by coconut it. is yeah. a favorite of mine so from good. Oscar
2: Blues. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean this isn't as coconut heavy as that, Mm-mm. but. It, what I like about this, actually, is somehow I feel like you and Joey, and, I, and it doesn't sound like it's anything you necessarily aim for, but like you you got more the nuttiness of the coconut in the flavor than I'm used to. I'm used to that kind of the, sweet. the fruity, sweet mm-hmm. aspect of coconut coming through in those beers, but this one has more that kind of uh, earthy nuttiness. Sounds yes. like you had a great date.
0: Uh, several. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been... I mean, I don't know. Brew day was like two months ago or something. Um, maybe longer, but I mean, I think part of that may be because we used just raw shredded coconut. Okay. and We didn't toast it. Yeah. Um, I'd
1: put that in a tea bag next time.
0: Oh, yeah. That's I mean, yeah. what we should have done. Yeah. And, and whenever I ended up having to bottle it, there was definitely a cheesecloth involved right. to try to, you try know. To, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, but it, it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah. I, <laughs> I certainly. Her glasses um, look a lot different. <laughs> yeah, well, you were the first pour, so that's all right. Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely learned a lot mm-hmm. from uh, doing this. Yeah, there's a, a lot of things I would do differently the second time around. But
2: well, I'm you know, I'm certainly enjoying getting to taste the. I'm enjoying uh, the Carlos journey. Yeah.
1: Bring more a, beers. Yeah, absolutely. Good job.
0: And I have a recipe for a hazy one that Ooh, I'm going to... That's my next adventure. That's uh, the next venture. step.
1: All right. Something with strawberries in it, I
2: hope. <laughs> <laughs> get some poteet strawberries. Mm-hmm. When do those come? Those,
0: those are in... Coming up They're away. here. Is it soon? Yeah. Oh, they're out now. They're here. Did they're you have here. them at the market last? They're at time? market.
2: Um,
0: what are we talking about? <laughs> All right, folks. All right, so that has been uh, the homebrew roundup, or I don't know. There's got to be some kind of name for this segment. We come up with at some point. We need um, like a pistol sound effect, like <laughs> homebrew roundup. <laughs> <laughs> Yosemite Sam. Sam, uh, I actually actually have a friend that can play banjo. He could probably do a little little theme for it. Nice. Uh, We'll we'll get that going. Future future episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Just like blistering fast banjo. Maybe we can't... Never mind. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) so now we have a real episode to get into. Right, right.
2: So thank you, uh, Carlos. And let's go ahead and get into... uh, something else let's stay in the stout terrain because uh why not right uh we're gonna we're gonna be talking about uh well we i feel like we just did this recently although we're, it's a distinctly different take but metal on film right we're, we're, this sure. episode is another um installment in our ongoing fascination with metal and film and you know what's more metal than a big old imperial stout and in this case, this is one called Big Bad Baptist. Actually, Quadruple Barrel Big Bad Baptist. It's a popular one, right? It is. It's one that people uh, seek, uh, I, I, I think. And it's from Epic Brewing, who are out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and Denver, Colorado. They, I guess they have two breweries. And this one is an imperial stout aged in whiskey and rum barrels mm. with roasted cacao nibs, almond flavor... Barrel aged coffee beans, barrel aged
1: coconut, and oh, dude, barrel aged I'm holding almond. back some of your beard to go side by side up with this. Yeah, bad boy. yeah. So I mean, I think actually, I this... don't think it's gonna hold up. Quite <laughs> I don't know, but I'll give you the dirt whenever I find out. Uh, Speaking of which, what?
2: <sighs> you you can already hear Carlos. Guys, look,
1: I'm not. I'm looking for nothing but a good time. <laughs> How can I resist?
2: Uh, wrong band. No, it's not. Yeah, nothing but a good time. Wait, no, that's Poison. Yeah. It?
0: looking for nothing. Yeah.
1: Oh, please edit that out.
0: Time. Hey, listen, guys.
1: Kickstart <laughs> my heart. I'm ready to start. What, we, episode, what, what did we watch this week? Okay. Man, you
0: guys made me watch the fucking I dirt. Fucked,
1: I fucked up with Poison, dude. That was you horrible. You did? Yeah, that was
0: not good. I'm not editing that out. And I even know Motley Crue. I've seen them. Yeah, I was... Uh, I really? Was, you saw I was the crew. There. I saw the crew. When did you see the crew? Uh, it's was, I was funny. I was just talking to our absent co-host, Ethan, about this a couple hours ago. Um, I think it was 2005. It was 2004, 2005. They were on the Carnival of Sins tour. I was living in Midland, Texas at the time. And one of the radio stations that my dad was working for when we were there was a rock station. I don't know if that's exactly how we ended up there. Um but it was it was in Lubbock, which isn't too far from Midland. You know, I was I was a kid, like yeah. just getting into mm-hmm. different things, and you know, so at that time, I was probably really into, I was probably kind of into Molly Crew, but really into ACDC, yeah, really into the Ramones, um, that kind of probably I was probably just getting introduced to Coheed and Cambria at yeah. that time. And uh, when
1: did um, Shout at the Devil come out compared to uh, Pyromania?
0: Uh, Shout at the Devil was like 82. Uh-huh. Let's see. No. I, I don't know my no, crew. No, no, no. no. Uh, it was like seventh grade
1: for me, so that would be 84, 85. Shout at the Devil was 83. Okay. Oh, and so then when close. was Pyromania? Uh, the Def Leppard, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was probably 85. Def Leppard sucks. No, okay, fine. it's fine. I mean, that's fine. I'm just well, I'm trying to think I, of like the, a... the the quote unquote heavy metal progression that went through yeah. there. I was I was there for the beginning of Molly Crew. Let's just shout let out it... the Devil came out when I was in seventh or eighth grade. It was a big deal. The Pyromania see. was eighty three as well. Uh, yeah, I thought so. So you know, you've got um, this Satanic Rush. Not 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 being from LA, this Satanic Rush was like a, like a big. It made a big impression on people my
0: age. What was uh, Venom doing at that time? Speaking of Satan, <laughs> satan. Um, no, okay, so uh, yeah, so you know, Motley Crew was a pretty big like introduction into heavier, well, more not necessarily heavy because I mean they're not the heaviest band of all time, right? Uh, well, I they had, seemed at the time. I had been listening to Sabbath by then, but more edgier maybe uh more shock value more well the,
1: the the film gives the impression we're in this to in part have a great time and that kind of came through with the music like there's an edge to it of balls to the wall abandon with you know shout at the devil i'm talking about that the first the, the big breakthrough album that took them nationwide
0: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay sure i can you know i can see that i mean in the context of music at the time, you no, have to think for, I mean, about yeah, it, yeah. No, for sure. I mean I'm I'm definitely not saying that you know, I'm not saying, you know, fuck Molly Crew or anything. Oh, right. Um but yeah, I mean they were they were a big deal for the time. They you know
1: and they it invented. Was, it was
0: new. It yeah. was. They invented. They, kind of. They uh, helped
1: invent that arena level of heavy metal. Yeah, it was. It was shocking. Well, they, it
0: was.
2: Yeah, I my mean, kiss had
1: been around. Yeah, and, you know. It's
2: they. They brought together elements of metal and glam rock. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that. I think that's the which glam rock had already had that kind of right. Presence. Which was the most marketable thing for the night, for 83, It became that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it was a gamble. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that was a given. And the, now that's one of the things, and I guess, you know, maybe we can segue into the film. Sure, 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 You know, sure. one of the things that I was... It's a film. I love... <laughs> this is a film. It no, is. It's a movie. Cinema. It's,
0: it's a movie. It's a movie. Okay, right. beer
2: in a movie. We're yeah. talking about movies. Hey, This is made by Jeff Tremaine, Mm -hmm. who... He's help, a fucking asshole. Help apparently. bring the world to bring jackass to the world. Uh, he's an asshole, really, because he made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he probably is a jerk. I
0: don't know. <laughs> um, but you heard it here first. David Gurney said Jeff Tremaine is a jerk.
1: <laughs> Twenty nineteen last episode. <laughs> Fuck the shining. This
2: episode.
1: Fuck Jeff Tremaine.
2: Hey, you know, I'm just going on here. Say the the uh, so. It's interesting, like, this film does not try to situate this band in any sort of uh, cultural context, right? It really is kind of more of a biopic in the sense that we're just seeing the story of these guys, right? I mean, there's, there's a little bit of surrounding context with their, like, relationship with Hanoi Rocks, which had to be in there because Vince Neil essentially killed or, you know of whatever you call it. Assisted man in the manslaughter uh, man yeah, right, of. Of, uh, of one of their members. But, um, but Ozzy
0: shows up.
1: Ozzy does show
2: um, up, right? David Lee Roth. Yes, yeah, very, very briefly. Yeah. But, yeah. but notably. Notably. I mean, they're like, yeah. yo,
0: that's David Lee Roth. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, well, there's a lot of fucking winking at the camera. I mean, winking at the audience in this movie. Mm. This whole movie is winking at the audience. From the very first scene where we see a woman squirt. I mean, they're wing. they wing. <laughs> that's right. a sentence I never thought I'd say on this podcast. No, it's but in they the first from two the very first scene. It's here comes ninety minutes, probably of debauchery. Yeah. The Life of Motley Crue, the title of the film you just selected is The Dirt. So let's see just how raw it well, was back then. Now, did, have either of you read
2: the book no. that this was based on? I have not. No, I haven't either. Aaron has. So the, the, Interesting. It, a, well, Aaron's a very big crew fan. She so, saw them. The tour that she saw was... Uh, Late '80s, so I can't remember. It was, Theater of Pain, a bit. I'm I gonna, uh, so. I'm bet. I think so. It was, it was yeah, before probably. Doctor. It was before they cleaned up. It was before the Doctor Feel Good stuff. Mm. So you know, so she has like a long uh-huh. relationship with Motley Crue. <laughs> Love the book, and I think from what I what I understand, like the book is you know Neil Strauss did a nice job of weaving together these different interviews that he did with the four primary members of the band, and you know, in that sense, I could see how the film was trying to kind of capture that. Now, I haven't read the book itself. I have a feeling the book does a much much better job sure. of juggling it. And, and it would right. But I think that's part of what it was trying to capture with the constant, you know, characters reading an interview the fourth with Wall,
1: talking to the reading audience. an interview. Yeah, is much different than let's now. Fictionally visualize right. this time, this this point in time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When uh, and if you're not a Motley Crue fan, how can you invest in these characters? You can't. How can you invest no. in these characters, even though uh, uh, Nikki Six? Uh, uh, they tried with the, he, with him as a youth, the one, and he's the one they're trying. Uh, to An yeah. abusive type of situation that he grew up in, and how did I how did I come to terms with it all through through art? And what was that art? Rock, rock music. Yeah, okay, okay I, I, that's fun. I've seen that fifty other times in fifty other movies, yeah. so I don't really care about you, Nikki Six. But I, once you kind of turn off the idea that you're going to see a biopic of uh, of of something Substantial,
2: yeah.
1: And we're just gonna see some crazy, wacky times. I kind of put my seatbelt on and said, "This is the worst movie that I've kind of enjoyed watching." I mean, so you, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed watching this. We didn't turn it off. We didn't have to have a conversation about turning it off, which I'll get to in a little bit when we start talking about Netflix and the pr- the products that they're putting out. Yeah, because because we talk about that on this show sure. is yeah. what Netflix puts out because right. you know we got them and these are the films that people are talking about. We can't escape it. Mm-hmm. So so I'll I'll get off my soapbox here, but for me. It was. This is an enjoyable, silly bunch of nonsense, and that's that's all that it really was. Yeah. There, it, it, it. It. I'll let you guys go for a little while, but come back to me if you want okay. to hear me rant okay. on this piece of garbage. I mean, I think for me, so it's not, not a piece of garbage. That, <laughs> not
2: yeah. having. I never had a great Motley Crue moment in my life. Okay, like the closest probably was around Doctor Feelgood, where I remember some of those hits and I remember the earlier ones too smoking in the boys room you had to have seen that video yeah yeah no that but it it never really like grabbed me um and and I think around the time of Dr. Feelgood I was starting to get into more heavy metal you know that um that was uh you know like Metallica I guess you know right um uh Megadeth and you know, yeah. Thrash Metal. And when
1: you listen to those albums come out in the context of that time period, you go back to Motley Crue and you're like, this is joke music. Well, it's it's um I yeah. don't know about joke, but like it's a more cartoonish take sure. on, it's on
2: metal. And, yeah, and but I don't think it's necessarily trying to not make you laugh. I mean, I think it wants you to laugh along and have fun. It wants you and, to have fun. So, you know, I get it, but I agree with what you're saying. If you don't know these people to begin with, if you're not really invested in them, this movie's not going to really convince you to get invested Mm -hmm. in them. Although I think where I had problems with the film is that it seems like it is trying to sometimes, right? I mean, I think the opening with Nicky Six as a young whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. teen... What He was 13, I guess, in the opening sequence. Whatever he is, um, you know, young man who's... Making the conscious choice to get his mother locked up so that he can go into the foster care system and and kind of get out of that, I mean there was something potentially emotional and 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 that I could like get connected to, and yet it 's done in sort of a tongue in cheek
1: manner that kind of kept me from and then he abuses the 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 breakout of it all i get out of the situation and then i can i completely abuse that
2: right and and then you know and then you go into the you know stories of debauchery and all and and all the stuff that's going on and i just couldn't i couldn't figure out how to roll along with how it. Like, am, I, am I supposed to be laughing with these characters, at these characters? Um, mm-hmm. w- what is it
1: that, that, because it does, it did seem to want me to laugh, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't tell yeah. where that we'll, laughter we'll, we'll was We'll spend going. seven full minutes establishing the idea that we're going to get to know this guy so that we can then find out that he's killed in a car wreck. So, right. so there's, there's no laughing right now. Right. So right. well, and then once you get to the sec the the you know
2: third act of the film uh-huh. or whatever where it really becomes about addiction. Uh-huh. Stuff, like, but you haven't prepped me to care about like yeah. these addictions that they have. Isn't this a silly thing? Aren't if we supposed-
1: saw Vince Neal having sex with the, so many people back then, a movie version of this graphic sexuality in the in the dressing rooms of the shows yeah. in 83, right. that would have been groundbreaking cinema sexuality right right. but in 2019 we're seeing it's not with porn available anywhere you want it on any internet connection you have i don't this isn't shocking no and we know this all went on no it isn't shocking and it's also and
2: it's also to some extent at least for me kind of troubling like i i see it and i'm like there's no attempt at redemption any well or even just any sort of like none of those female characters no, no. get
1: any yeah. sort these of, are mindless screws yes yeah
2: i mean that and and honestly
1: <laughs> which is what the groupie scene would have been
2: no, but those
1: there's still people. Oh, but I don't that know. happened. That's but I mean, it happened.
2: Watch, look at a film like Almost Famous. Right? Sure, sure. Almost Famous. They're, hum,
1: they're humanized They're deeply humanizing the, the same character.
2: Yes, right. Exactly. Right. Like that's a film, and it, and it's a film, and it and it isn't like it doesn't then,
1: pay attention to the rock star. But characters. then she gets gambled away for a case of beer to humble pie.
2: Right. Okay. I'm. It, it exposes some of the negative aspects uh-huh. of that, but it also humanizes all those characters. But they're not and just naked
1: things. figures right. in a dressing Th-
2: room. This film has no interest Mm-mm. in trying to show Which any... makes you
1: not like Motley Crue very much. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing redeeming about anyone in the band. No, except Tommy Lee's goofily, yes,
2: goofily. They, goofy. they, they do. I think make an attempt to to try to make Tommy Lee this kind of relatable goofball mm-hmm. kind of character, which I guess he probably is on some level. Um, and he? i i did <laughs> I did really like the sequence where they do the uh, you know the attached camera rig, and it's him doing the like Drum. his daily routine yeah. thing, and you know like all the crazy drugs he does, and getting at it, you know, like it actually made that lifestyle feel like a horror film like i mean that did not appeal to me one bit and maybe it would have when i was younger i don't know but like watching it as a, as a man at this age i'm like that sounds absolutely just un believably shitty uh-huh. like why that would lifestyle. i want to yeah because there's not a point in the day where he ever knows where he is or what he's actually doing or what's motivating him or nothing it's just pure like and they don't sell it.
1: that the music is any kind of therapy to well, any of it you know
2: that's a good point And there yeah there's no attempt at sort artistic of artistic cr- well and that's what i'm saying like the,
1: we early, wrote lyrics for you earlier it's,
2: When we were saying, like you know, this is like this sort of instance of metal, Uh like breaking it big on the mainstream, but you know, it was bringing together glam rock and Uh metal. And I'm kind of, you know, as as somebody who loves popular music and who's interested in all these different kind of trajectories. I would have been really curious to hear, like, well, what was it the stuff that what was the stuff they were listening to that they thought, oh, I could do that, or you know, like, what was this? Stu- who were the bands that they were seeing that they thought, oh, we should take elements of this and do mm-hmm. that, because that's kind of interesting to me, like the alchemy that goes on with they're all influenced by certain things. What is it that they bring together of their influences? But this film has what no, is, and what is no interest original? in any of that. It's just like let's celebrate this debaucherous lifestyle that these guys the led. Dirt. Right, Yeah. and then eventually try to offer you some story about redemption
0: and addiction, mm-hmm. and yeah. Carlos, wake up. <laughs> I'm, I'm awake. I'm was, I was letting you guys do your thing. Yeah. Well, um, so <clears throat> I took notes while I was watching this. Can't wait. <laughs> Two minutes in. Yeah. I wrote. I think this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and then, <laughs> fuck the soundtrack of this movie because, and I. I re- I really just lost it. Whenever he's like, when you know, whenever you know, like you said, Nikki Six. They're trying to humanize him. He's had this terrible childhood. Blah 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 blah. blah. During that scene when his like mom and her boyfriend or whatever mm-hmm. are trying to come uh, into his bedroom. Yeah, and he's like, you know, freaking out or I don't know whatever. They're playing. Uh, Keep on knocking by death. <laughs> Now I don't know if you know anything about the band Death, oh, yeah. but nobody knew who the fuck they were until 2009. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they were not a band that would have been on anybody's mind in 1973. First of all, I think they cut their singles in 74 and 75. Yeah. So they're playing a song on the soundtrack that's where every all the other music is like happening as it's Oh, sure. You know, in age,
1: uh, age timeline appropriate, appropriate. Timeline
0: appropriate. Mm-hmm. And then there's this song they're playing mm-hmm. at a time that's a year before it was ever even recorded. Mhm. And a band that nobody would have known about. And that most people still don't know about. But, but the and,
1: average audience isn't... That's a minutia that's going to escape.
0: It's a minutia that pisses me off.
1: Right. Um, so You're a music guy. Who's this movie made for? Maybe music people. And they might catch that kind of
0: thing. Yeah, and I did. And fuck them. Oh. Uh, the voiceover is fucking <laughs> awful. Uh, oh, God. Oh, it's... I mean, just truly dreadful. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Ramsey Bolton is terrible as Mick Machine Gun Kelly is terrible as Tommy Lee, the guy that plays Nikki Six as terrible as Nikki Six, the only even moderately believable one is yeah, Vince Neil, oh. <laughs> who, who, by the way, decides to join Motley Crue because of a blow job, which yeah. is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I don't know if any of you paid any attention to that or if you were just already like okay whatever he's going to join the band of but literally the plot point that leads him to joining motley crew is he asks a girl to give him a blowjob and she does it and while it's happening he's like maybe i should call them back what a fucking <laughs> dumb plot point <laughs> that's the one, <laughs> that's the one you have a problem with well i mean, I mean I, well I, 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 I have i have so many problems with it but that's one of them exactly. I mean, i've got a list all right so give me a second uh, <laughs> yeah i let you guys listen I let uh, you guys talk m- but fuck Machine Gun Kelly just in general Like him as a person as a musician See, As I don't, an actor I don't, I don't know him uh,
2: Outside he, I know he's a rapper
0: right Yeah the only reason anybody knows who he is Is because he tried to go toe to toe with Eminem And Eminem bodied him and uh, made him Look foolish okay. and so Now he looks foolish in this movie too because he's a fucking Awful <laughs> he's an awful actor He's one of the worst actors I've ever seen And the only thing that I give him even the Slightest bit of credit for is that he wasn't given a Whole lot to work with now the scene Where he goes into the diner with his girlfriend C Nicky Sixes straight over and talk to him, and then he does it, and he fucking pulls his drumsticks out and starts twirling them. Go fuck yourself! Who is who the fuck is carrying drumsticks around wherever they go? Nobody. Someone that
1: wants to be a drummer for a rock band. Eighteen-year-old uh, Tommy Lee.
0: I've wanted to be a drummer for a rock band uh-huh. at a much younger and stupider age than Tommy Lee right. was at that point, and I never carried mm-hmm. drumsticks around. Where's where he putting them? I, mean, I don't
1: know. He's but tonight wearing, you learned why you're not a drummer in a band. You he's didn't wearing carry your drumsticks around. That's all you got to do. He's diver, wearing
0: uh, tighter pants than anybody on the face of the fucking earth and some he's got room for drumsticks to not be like conspicuous or noticeable or whatever go fuck yourself he puts him next uh, to his penis i've seen that sex tape okay um this movie is worse than what we do A secret <coughs> it's a worse film yeah it is a well it is a markedly worse film than I, while we do a secret let me I, I finish think it, i think it's lit better <laughs> <laughs> it, you might have something there um how many struggling band montages do we need to see in our lives like every fucking biopic about a band has like You know, a Mm -hmm. scene where they're playing with a guy who ended up not making the line of, who's not cutting it, and And then somebody's got to tell him to leave or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, not in the history of the world ever, ever has there been a full-on brawl. Right. But in which make... the band got up and finished their set. Oh, that that turns the audience. That turns the audience in their favor. That never were... never has that happened ever in the history of music. Right. Never in the history of music has a, a, a lead singer mid-song walked off so casually to have sex in the bathroom only to come <laughs> back post-coitus to finish off the one song that they were in the middle of. I mean... I mean, I guess at least he's like, uh, you know, good at time management. I don't know. I mean, that's like the only good thing I can, um, you know, say for that part, um, can post coitus be the name of this episode uh, yes yeah. okay. uh, i think i know our guy dudes when fucking tommy lee says that before yeah. they go meet vince uh-huh. New. i think i i think i know our guy dudes like not, there's
2: not a single
0: there's not a single utterance of like, can any I of say, the,
2: i'm enjoying your takedown of the dirt much more than the dirt there's,
0: there's not a single like utterance of any of the dialogue by any of these actors that's even remotely believable mm-hmm. um so then there's that. Uh, yeah, I already mentioned the blowjob getting Vince Neil to join Motley Crue. I've never seen someone as bad at fake drumming as Machine Gun Kelly is. Yeah. The way that he's flailing his elbows in the air when he's playing is is. As as someone that actually knows how to play the drums, wildly offensive. Yeah. Um, Where the director was during those scenes saying, hey, man, maybe uh, put your elbows down. Nobody (laughs) flails their elbows in the air when they're playing (laughs) drums. Uh, Somebody should have said that to him. This is one of the parts that really, really lost me, is that every one of these actors is playing their part as if the character they're playing knows that every single word that they're saying is of historic significance and is incredibly important and carries this huge weight with it which i don't care what any of anyone in molly crew says today they did not know this was going to happen to them yeah they did not have any fucking idea that they were going to end up being the mega band that they are and in the scenes where they're first getting together and first like playing their songs together everything any of them says is like yeah really and it's like you know, it's like they're fucking delivering the Gettysburg Address every time they say anything together as a group and it's fucking dumb because that's not how shit works. Like yeah. that's not how that stuff happens. Let's right try
1: right. to get that first gig and then if we let's try yeah. to get to the script yeah, just... and then let's try Exactly. That's, that's not it. It's a, they got together, Mick Mars was a brain about the whole thing. Yeah. And, and 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 six weeks later, yeah, and you're and I Prue. mean
0: and I mean I know that Nikki Six did write all he he was the songwriter, sure. and I know that Mick Mars was the talent. Right. And And all that kind of stuff. But that stuff didn't happen right away, you know? And it wasn't like, it didn't. the The whole thing was ridiculous. Um, well,
1: it had to be. A, it does have to be collapsed for time. It does
0: have to. Well, be, this is, but, well, of course. But, but, but it's but not uh, edited or, or presented I, in a way that that's in any way believable. So I and I and I, we know I, the end of the story. Yeah, and I've already mentioned the part about the audience member clapping after the brawl. Mm-hmm. That was really dumb. Was I so was bad. really, really fucking sad. Pete Davidson is associated with this because I generally kind of <laughs> think he's funny, <laughs> but he pulls up in the fucking Steve from Blue's Clues shirt, uh-huh. like yeah. looking ridiculous ridiculous uh-huh. and it's which is probably it's what,
1: what the guy looked like but every single time that pete davidson was there you said that's pete, that's pete Davidson being given shitty material to to deliver
0: well not not just that but that's pete fucking davidson that's not whatever the executive's name was right. you know like you couldn't pick a worse person to try to play another person like but jimmy fallon and almost famous pulls it off and you know, Jimmy almost Fallon. famous is a bad movie. Jimmy Fallon doesn't oh, pull anything whoa, off ever. Whoa. Um, whoa. Also, this is also this is one of the most like cookie cutter formats of any movie that I've ever seen. Yes. it's like okay, uh, you know, people try to get a band together. There's a fucking you know genius in the band. Uh, I I I would like for somebody who actually has a record deal and is an active nationally recognized musician to. Email me and tell me that the way they got their record deal was that a guy came up to them at a restaurant and said, "Hey, do you want a record deal?" And they said, "Yes." That is not how that works ever <laughs> in the history of music. That has not been how that works. Okay. Um, hey, strangers, and, do you want a record deal? Yeah. Sure, stranger. Why should we go with
1: you? Explanation. Okay.
0: Yeah, and then and and also a big part of my problem with that too is that. Um, And I can't believe I'm sticking up for Motley Crue, but the film does them a huge disservice by acting like Pete Davidson comes in and makes them a huge thing. They self-released their first fucking record. Mm -hmm. It's on like Leather Records or whatever it's Mm -hmm. called. Like they were. Already getting attention. They were already Mm -hmm. selling units. They were already doing stuff before a label came in. But the way the movie presents it is that they were fucking helpless idiots that were just like, whatever. Like, Nikki Six has never, I mean, you know, drug addicted, a misogynist, whatever. He's always been a fairly competent business person Mm -hmm. and like able to get them to where they needed to be for a bigger company with more resources and infrastructure to come in and propel them to mega Mm -hmm. But. They did self-release their first record. Mm-hmm. Like they did it by themselves, you know? And but is that it, important it got, for the course of telling this story? It is because in the
1: manner that they told it, it was told well, no, like not, it
0: wasn't important. Not not in the manner that they told it, but if you want to tell the story of Molly Crew and you want us to care about them, then you should be telling us, "Hey, these guys are dedicated enough. That they took it upon themselves mm-hmm. to do this big thing. Because self-releasing a record is no small mm-hmm. feat, you know? Especially selling a self released record, yeah, right. which they did do. And so that's why I think it does them and the narrative somewhat of a disservice. And then when Mick Mars breaks the fourth wall, yeah. I turned it off. Yeah. Well, oh, you I, quit watching? After 20 minutes, done. Huh. You watched 20 it. minutes of this movie. You made that list of notes. Yeah, in the first 20 minutes, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even see the rest of it. I didn't even bother. I couldn't. What? I couldn't bear to sit through the rest of this movie. I, I have, had to I turn have it a on. lot of
2: <laughs> I have a lot of problems with the, with the movie. That, and, and well done, you know. You, you I, th- I think you've
1: well done. Which part? For well, well done, just Carlos. Say no?
2: Dismantling it. <laughs> for 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 pointing out many of the problems with Ooh. the early parts of the film. However, I think a lot of what you're talking about comes out of this general uh, aspect of musical biopics that the that sort of need to compress all of this actual historical um, you know d- development of a band and how it emerges and all that stuff into less than two hours. Mm -hmm. Right. And that you're compressing that and you're kind of doing that. And I agree. It kind of does a disservice to it. I mean, we, we listen back to a few episodes ago when we did our little riffing on Bohemian Rhapsody, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the problem that, that we had with that was it's, it's, collapsing all these things it's turning much more complex issues into these very sort of succinct like single scenes single lines of dialogue single lines of dialogue and and so the stuff you know it so i was thinking about that i was watching it and i'm like well what are the musical like sort of uh, biopic films that i've actually enjoyed mm-hmm. over the years and i think you know it's much better to approach like specific moments in maybe a band or an artist's history, right? Like I look at a film like, this is going to seem like a weird leap, but Love and Mercy, I don't know if you guys ever saw that one. This is a film that like takes specific, actually kind of two specific periods of Brian Wilson's life, the beach boys, right? Where oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I didn't it, get it.
0: John it, Cusack
2: and Paul Dano. Yes, right? exactly. So it chronicles like his early experience of great success, um, in the studio with pet sounds and these, you know, like, so it has that with Paul Dano playing him as a younger man. And then it contrasts that, or kind of goes back and forth between that and these scenes of him in the eighties where he's under the sway of this therapist, uh, Eugene Landy. And that's John Cusack playing Brian Wilson at that point. And so there are, like, different periods, but it really restricts itself to those. Who it's was the like,
1: director? Do you remember?
2: Ah, that's a great question. I don't, don't I even should, look no, it up. I, just, but it's, I,
1: it, I didn't mean to stump you. I was just curious. It was
2: if, really one of those films where I was just really impressed with... Mm-hmm. I re- I totally enjoyed watching it. I thought it told a really interesting story, but it was much more modest in its scope. But there was also, there was also elements
1: of filmmaking... There were no elements of filmmaking. This looked. This looked like a low budget. Yeah. Inexperienced filmmaking group making a movie that should have been a lot better than yeah. maybe it was.
0: Also, another huge point of contention with with the shirt that I had, which is going to seem funny that I took the time to come back around to this. When he goes and legally changes his name to Nikki Six, mm-hmm. and he lights his driver's license on mm-hmm. fire. Driver's licenses are not that flammable. Mm-hmm. Like it li- <laughs> <laughs> and that part made well, me hey, so mad. But in
2: 1978, they, they were they were made out of yeah, out of Paper, I read, I read, I read. Uh,
1: don't don't give me so, that. So
2: okay. Well, you They're know really what?
0: Laminated still. I think and you can't get your. You can't. Uh,
2: anyway. Well, so anyway. <laughs> so I think to to summarize. Uh-huh. For, to, to try to summarize. We, we, so tried we tried to get you off. Part. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> to go back to your bad poison reference, uh-huh. ain't nothing but a good time, yeah. right? Like this is—it was if not you, a good time. If, no, but if you're willing to turn off your brain and just—and you love the crew and you want to see a film about that, I think you could enjoy this. What does your wife yes, think? Yes, that's have- a good question. I did not actually. You, what? I I didn't need to ask her. She
1: loves the crew. Aaron, comment on this episode. Hold on. Did she watch it together? Yeah, we did. And she didn't say that was great or that was horrible? We don't talk. But she's a crew (laughs) (laughs) fan. She's not even (laughs) on the podcast. Hold on. She's a crew fan.
2: Honestly, part of it was I was thinking all these critical things, Uh, and I didn't want to be like destroying uh her
1: good time. So you still don't know her thoughts on it? I'll ask her after this. Okay. 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 So
2: I think you can have it that way. Me... I don't think I was as negative as. I'd be Carlos, very curious to know her, but her opinion. it would, I would be very hard pressed text- to ever recommend anybody watch this unless I knew they were a huge Motley Crew fan and will just go in already wanting to see these stories that they read about in the dirt be depicted on screen.
0: Yeah. But I. I One of my best friends is a big crew fan. And he texted me the day it came out cause he watched it the hour it came out Oh yeah, uh, and said, watch the dirt. And then I, as I was watching it, I texted him and he was like, he was like, Oh, you're watching it right now. And I was like, I had to turn it off. I couldn't do it. And he was like, yeah, you know, I don't know, whatever. But, and he asked me if I had read the book cause he had. Yeah. And I, I really, I really think the only way that you can enjoy this and, or get through it is if you like Motley Crue. Yeah. If you don't. If you don't care about, it's not gonna, it's not gonna win
1: you over about Motley. No, you can't. If you're a huge Motley Crue fan, maybe this offends you because it's so poorly made. No, but 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 it's exactly. But but the band was involved. This is what they wanted. This
0: is. (laughs) People, People have been saying this is the biopic they deserve. (laughs) Mm, <laughs> On it's some just, level, I think that's right. That, okay, that. <laughs> but at the, but at, the, at the at the top
1: of it, I said it's the worst movie I've enjoyed watching in a long, long time. See, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I couldn't
0: enjoy. I tried. I, you have I a different
1: musical, like you have musical uh, uh, triggers that I don't have. Oh, yeah, it's my you job. Have mus- exactly, you have a musical <laughs> knowledge that I do not have, and I, I, you know. I was alive when Motley Crue came to stardom. I, was, I would have been in the sweet spot, but I, that music didn't appeal to me. But a lot of my friends did, so I was familiar with it. I was listening along with it in a peripheral way. <laughs> Biopic, film biopics now yeah, are, are an obligation. It seems like. Yeah, kind of. And now that Rocket Man is on its way, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't care less. Stay tuned for episode 42. <laughs> I, <laughs> I couldn't care less, except that I heard now that it's R rated. That makes me think okay, maybe this might be interesting. I mean, that's
0: in, that is, in, that, that is Again, interesting. I still I have can, no interest. I
1: can roll with it sometimes,
2: and in that Discussion of Bohemian Rhapsody that we had, I think I was the most positive on it. Yes. I, you were. I in still, classic
0: David fashion. It, well, uh-huh. no,
2: but I still see its flaws. This <laughs> I do for the not. Shining. I do not mount oh, such I... a defense for the dirt. Uh-huh. I mean,
0: to me, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Bohemian Rhapsody is a better movie. I never thought I'd oh, say absolutely. Bohemian Rhapsody oh, is better than anything. Oh, yeah, certainly because there's
1: yeah, yeah. cinema there. I mean, there is, like well, it or not. No, no, there's no. There was thought given bit. to the filmmaking procedures that we're doing, even if it didn't appeal to everyone in this room. Yeah, right. that's, that's there's fair. no thought. I mean, I know the thought was given to how do we recreate this car crash but this was a low budget film with with well, non-actors i don't even think
2: it has to do with budget i think it has to do with i was like i hope that the budget shows
1: up on the on
2: the on the stage show, you make these you there. make and these choices about how you're going to compress things how you're going to condense things how you're going to push them all together and i think in this case they made a lot of really bad decisions about how to do that
0: yeah. I, and, I mean i agree and I'm going to come back. Every time we talk about a, a music film, I'm going to come back to it. Blaze condenses a large chunk of time yeah. into an you know hour, 45, two well, hours. There you go. It, and it does it so well. I never in a single point in that film did I feel like I was being rushed through anything. Did I feel like I missed anything? Right. Like, and granted, and it, he's not as public a figure as Molly Crew, and I know that helps the right. film. But, I mean just in general with like the pacing I don't think and everything story like that
1: exciting enough to to, to, to fuck give a fuck. About well, it. so yeah. let's, okay. I agree. So, so let, let, let's uh, move on here. Oh, hold on. But David, hold on. I'm sorry. I have one thing. Apologies. You, cause I could tell that this disgusts you. That I'm, no, like, it doesn't I'm, I'm disgust not. me. I just want to move on. <laughs> well, I want to go back to something you were talking about, okay. which is lists of great rock biopics. And I was hoping you, you were going to say a couple of titles. Like what is good? Well, like I said, I think I mean th-
2: recently I I agree with Carlos. I think Blaze, I mean mm-hmm. we were all kind of loving Blaze when we when we saw that one. The poster's hanging in the store. Love and Mercy is one that I mm-hmm. that I absolutely love. Um, Are you fan of The Doors, Oliver Stone? You know,
1: it's been years since I've I, seen I love that it. When movie. I when I
2: saw it back in my teenage years when it came out, mm-hmm. I really did and enjoy it. And it's cinematic.
1: It's and talk Oliver about the, Stone. And talk about the use of soundtrack in yeah. the film and not just the doors hits although they're there but right. other ways that they right. incorporated in there's a lot of lost opportunity here but i guess that wasn't the film that they were trying to make No. when the first scene you see is you know yeah we don't yeah. need to you want me to say back. that again no, yeah no i kind of wanted to say it again it's fun to say <laughs> I, hate
2: I,
0: mean, I hated that scene <laughs> so so
2: so, stupid. so i think it can, you know it can it can be done better Whoa! It can be done better. It it can be done more uh, competently, Mm. but uh, it's a tough it's a tough genre to nail. I mean, we we I think we also brought up Ray as one that people. Did you like this movie? Did I like this movie? Yeah. No. (laughs) Okay. No. I mean,
0: will you ever? Will you ever? I
2: didn't shut it off off at twenty minutes. No, I watched. But in part because I was watching it with a diehard crew fan Mm -hmm. that I i knew that she was going to want to watch it the whole way through and i knew we were discussing it so i felt this like I is the,
0: a, this is the yeah, type yeah, of movie Carlos. that you get together with a group of friends and only half pay attention to and mm-hmm. just point sure. out and mock the ridiculous parts of uh, it. Yeah, i think you're right yeah, yeah. Okay, say no more
1: yeah now i don't have i have nothing to mock about this delicious beer that you brought my friend this beer is uh, a powerhouse okay of flavor. i agree what's the abv on this
2: this one is Probably 11 11 and a half percent. But 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 I That's will a say big but. it is a big butt. It is a big butt. It's a big bad butt. I will say that drinking that side by side with the adjunct version mm-hmm. of the yeah. Uh, yeah, Carlos Joey beer. huh I think the carlos Joey uh co- collaboration could go head to head yeah yeah absolutely and no. you know you were you were lamenting the mouthfeel or you know that it didn't have enough body i don't know if the big bad baptist has all that much more body i mean it's a, i would ag- i would agree with that i think um it's got it's got great flavor there's a lot going on there there's i definitely get the vanilla i definitely get but i get a lot more coconut out of yours than yeah. I do this one
0: i i agree with that i mean i think that I think that the um, if we're going to compare the two, that the big bad is a little more multi-dimensional and layered as far as flavors well, go. Well, it's like got the barrels going. It's got I the mean, barrels. The, the whiskey, it's got the coffee. The, I mean, there's yeah. definitely a lot, a lot happening there. Whereas ours our our adjunct stout is a little more straightforward. And that's also
1: your first brew with this well, recipe. I mean, for sure, I'm not. I don't have...
0: think that I'm going to do anything on the level yeah. of epic brewing like straight away. But uh, I just I just think it. I mean that but I, but but I you Ours port- is easier to drink. Yeah, For it's sure. I can
2: I can throw back more of it yeah. in a sip than I can. Well, you can taste you can taste this. this ABV and we couldn't taste yours. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and I think especially because you have that barrel character, yeah, right? Yeah. The whiskey and the and the rum it's like it's pretty you, boozy. You it is pretty taste boozy. Taste it. Yeah. Whereas yours
1: does not have that super boozy. I mean, I'm yeah. surprised. I'd like to right. have a bomber of this just in my reserve at all time though. Just for that rite of cable. This is very nice. <laughs> yeah, right. a good job. And Carlos, I look forward to seeing you uh, try this one again and, and, and perfecting it. Very yeah, nice. Sure. So we're going to take a little pause. Mm. Yeah, we're going to come back. We are
2: against all odds going to drink some more beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and do as we do that, we're going to talk about not a biopic, but. A rockumentary. A Rocky, a mock rockumentary uh, You gave it away. Yeah. That I think hits all the right notes. Back. And uh, as promised, we're, we're going to open up another beer here and we're going to get into talking about another uh, musical film. Another We've never done four film. beers in an episode,
0: have we? No, we've mm-hmm. done three, but... No, we did Lords of Chaos, I think. No. Oh,
2: right, wait. No, th- I think that we, was three. Wait. No, 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 because I think... Did we do
0: Homebrew that episode? I don't think so, but Josh did go rogue. And brought back. And, 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 and open one. Made, yeah. It was a, yeah, it wasn't that four, make was three. three. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done four
1: before. God, we should have done five don't during don't that think. Us episode, so I could have gone, I, go I got five,
0: five
1: on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um <laughs> uh, okay. Well, okay, so so we're gonna we're gonna continue with the theme of the beer in this. Episode, I love annoying you. Where we're where, where we've been doing stouts, <laughs> it's hard to do, and heavy stouts. I mean, Very. pretty pretty much every one of these we could qualify as a, an imperial stout. This is actually another one from Epic, and it's sort of a variation on the Big Bad Baptist. This is Big Bad Baptista. Ooh, and. It is an imperial stout with Mexican ah. coffee, cacao nibs, vanilla, and cinnamon flavor added, and 100% aged in whiskey barrels. So you're not getting Very the mix nice. of the whiskey and the rum, and you're getting a little more... Uh, and, and I guess the Mexican coffee is is bringing in a sp- specific flavor profile. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this oh. open here. All right. And the movie that we're moving into here is truly... A classic, I think. Uh, oh, without a doubt. And that is the 1984 Rob Reiner film, This Is Spinal Tap. And, and I hope many of our viewers, viewers, listeners, will, uh, will be already familiar with this film. Because if you are not and you are listening to this podcast, I demand that you pause it right now. Oh, you can't even listen for. You go locate a copy of this i don't care if you go on youtube and rent it i, I don't rent care it if you yeah go even go though i probably have a copy in the store and i just find it on vhs i don't care Where, wherever you can track this down whatever format you watch it and then you come back and you listen to us talk about it because it's this is a film that everybody who is a self-respecting cinephile. music fan and cinephile and beer uh, drinker
0: comedy aficionado i mean if you enjoy anything in your life this is i mean it's like uh it's i Enjoy mean anything rob reiner christopher Guest. yeah i mean
2: harry shearer yeah michael mckeon
0: i mean it's just it's so fucking good yeah. and it holds up it does yeah like yeah. i literally i watched it hours ago mm, and yeah. it's still so good yeah, like yeah. i i mean i christopher christopher guest just in general is amazing i mean you can barely even tell he's fully committed uh yeah i mean the there's only brief moments in this film where i can tell i can find similarities in his voice between this character and the six-fingered man and princess bride very very <laughs> very very briefly yeah does his even his voice coincide like Overlap, but I mean, he's so good in it. Everything about it is so good. Even the music in the movie is pretty good. Yeah, like even though it's like fucking dumb, like Sex Farm or whatever. You know, it
1: has to be big bottom. And it's Uh, they have to be. They have have to be. They have to be a successful enough a band. Yeah, in real, I mean, with their ability to present this music to make us the viewers believe that. We're watching nonsense, but yeah. that these are folks that could bring in this level of crowd right. with their music, and they deliver on the music. Yeah. They
0: they do. And Talk about
1: mud flaps. My baby's got them. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, okay. so <laughs>
0: the the music is good, but the comedy mm-hmm. is what truly goes to eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean it's like so, so so many good bits like so accurately and so just like perfectly lampoons the aging mm-hmm. rock star in a way that despite the fact that it's placed in a certain time in a certain kind of band that does certain things, mm-hmm. we still get it. You right, know, like it right. still makes sense today. And uh
1: it Lampoons the misogyny of the of the eighties. The smell of the
0: glove. I yeah, mean the, Well the, that's
2: it. That's it. I mean there there's so much that this film does well, but that, but that's certainly part of it. And
0: and when you Fran Drescher?
2: Yeah. It was, God. So you know just again if you didn't already do the pausing and watching it of just to give a little tiny you know so sure. th- this you should a, have though you, right right this is a film that is fictional but it takes as its premise that there is this sort of aging metal act spinal tap mm-hmm. that comes out of the UK and is sort of coasting on fumes essentially mm-hmm. is trying to be relevant still but is struggling and is mounting this american tour behind this new album of theirs it's not out it's not out but should be no foreseeable They're, release date they, they yeah. think it's going to come out um and and seeing them struggle through it so now to go back to the last segment where, where we were talking about this like i think Right off the bat, the fact that instead of trying to, like, cover this entire band's career, you do get some, like, it's... it's it's presenting itself as a documentary, right? right? It's a mockumentary. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so, but people thought it was real when he came. Oh, out. Oh
2: yeah, easily. And I'm, I think to this day, people probably stumble upon it and are and are convinced that oh yeah, that was an actual band. And I mean, it gets confusing because they have performed and they have toured. Yeah, and they, <laughs> and they put out actual albums. Um, so you know that I can get that, but. It really focuses mostly on this specific moment in this band's trajectory, where it's like you know whatever, maybe fifteen years into their career, they don't. They had, have, they had a
1: couple of huge
2: it, albums, right? They they did at one time have a following, but they're kind of. We're like, at
0: one time playing ten to fifteen thousand seat arenas, right? And now they're now struggling
2: they're to find like mm-hmm,
0: thousand seat clubs. Or well,
2: or, or even uh, the the uh, military ball that they play. Ooh, yeah, that was
0: rough. <laughs> the, the best. One of the best Fred parts, Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, but the cast front like front to back. I mean, yeah. you get Billy Crystal, you get Dana Carvey, you get mm. Angelica Houston, you get Fred Willard. I mean, it's ridiculous yeah. front to back. Fran Drescher. Paul get, Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, you get Paul Schaefer. Um, but one of the best bits in this movie is nigel's wireless system picking up (laughs) random radio signals (laughs) so he's trying to guitar solo and it's like a police dispatch later on and then you know like different naval people trying to communicate with each other and he's poor guy's just trying to play guitar and
1: and doesn't know what to do with himself when you've made spinal tap it's easy to make best in show when you've made spinal tap it's easy to to evolve a into what we what we know, right? But uh, well, it's, you well, know, w- waiting for Guffman. You can't make waiting for Guffman if you haven't made Spinal Tap. But how did these people come together to invent a genre? To invent. So much, right? That's what's amazing there, to me was, now.
0: Was there a mockumentary before this?
1: What did they look back upon and say we should do that but different and better? With we should do that but with heavy metal. I can't think of what that would have been. Yeah, there, there I were. Think it's,
2: there were. There, there th- were mockumentaries. Th- to answer to Carlos's question, yes, there were mockumentaries. No music mockumentaries mm. that I think that I can think of, but oh. there there were definitely uh, films like David Holtzman's Diary um, and the uh, Ruggles. The, the ruttles the right ruttles, yes the music the ruttles, that was a, uh, you're absolutely right that uh, was a few Motley, years before uh, this the fake where, where uh eric idol did Monty the, Monty the Monty. exactly yeah. like this kind of
1: mirror i know it was a money pipeline it was members of money right
0: Piper. i had a so i had one of their records in recently yeah i never heard of them really before, the yeah. yeah uh yeah i mean from what i understand uh Christopher Guest and Michael McKeon were, like, college roommates or something. Yeah. Uh, and we were, like, writing music together. And mm-hmm. it was, like, that was kind of how this right. came to be. Right.
2: Yes. I think. They, they were doing it for... I mean, they had played music together, I think, before they were ever doing parody music. But then um, they got together with Harry Shearer and Rob Reiner. And I think it was actually originally for a TV pilot that they had put mm-hmm. together this idea of a rock band mm-hmm. called Spinal Tap that was playing ridiculous, like, over-the-top misogynist songs mm-hmm. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I don't think that ever went anywhere, like that, that pilot, but I think they had that in the hopper, and they were kind of like, well, this is something that would be fun to do something with. And then a few years later, when... Maybe I don't know if it was that they had gained enough. Uh, you know, Rob Reiner certainly had some mm-hmm. footing in the industry. Okay, we could actually make something. We could get a we could get a couple million dollars, and we could actually put this thing together.
1: But they had to workshop the whole thing out and come up with sketches and bits and ways to put right. it all together so that it has that. I mean, the the weird well,
0: pod thing, the Stonehenge thing, 11. the black album cover thing, yeah. the eleven thing, the
1: shit sandwich. Well, yeah. part
0: of
2: you know, like when you have when you have really amazing, you know, like brilliant, genius improvisers right. like McKeon, mm-hmm. like Guest, like Shearer, like Reiner himself, mm-hmm. It include, you know, Drescher and Hughes, like all these great actors who are willing to go along with it. And you just give them, okay, the idea here is we're having a party for this album that isn't actually released mm-hmm. and you're gonna you know
1: and just Imagine go how with you it. curb your enthusiasm like. Yeah. Just hit these points. Right. Try to keep it in seven minutes, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. And then go. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. I mean and so and like you say, Joe, this paved the way for those later Christopher Guest outings that it, that,
1: you that he know, was involved, that he was fascinated very much. Yeah. Um, the the creative force behind. Hey Rob, you know that thing that you directed? <laughs> I want to continue doing those types of movies, but I'll direct them now. Right, right, yeah, because, right. because 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 waiting for Guffman is well is well, well, great. You know, think about Rob Reiner went
2: on to of make yeah, big you know, money. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean he when Harry met Sally, but fictional then, films. Yeah. He didn't he didn't go back Princess to this bride. again. No, Princess Bride, right? Exactly, and you know, guest was a few happy.
0: good men. or yeah. playing the Rob Reiner game? Well, I'll go, <laughs> go on, I'll go in. <laughs> I just care about a Princess Bride. It's, it's, it's a perfect a movie. Film. It's a great film. good movie. Yeah, it is a perfect movie. Yeah.
1: I'm not gonna fight oh, with it's you. right up there. All right, yeah. I like a few good
0: men. Never seen it. Be honest with you, Tyler, I like. You, you I like, you can't
2: handle a few good men. <laughs> I
1: well.
0: like. Uh, I like Rob Reiner. In, it doesn't matter what I know. I know what you did. Like I, I, I know what you did there. I haven't seen the movie. But I, know I know what, what you, you did, did last there. summer. Uh, I like Rob Reiner and New Girl. I don't know if you saw. I show. didn't. I, well, I've seen and the show, but I did not know he he guest stars in a couple episodes as Zoe Deschanel's father, mm-hmm. and Jamie Lee Curtis is his ex wife. Ooh, I like that. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. He he just seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. I don't know. There's not a lot of like industry celebrity kind of people that I really have any kind of opinion about. But he's a nice guy. Something about him seems like a nice, fun guy. I yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah, Rob,
2: Rob Reiner never seems too full of himself. He's he's, he's just always I mean, kind of playful. Well, I, and I, like... It's probably in part because I came to know him as Meathead mm-hmm. on All in the Family. Yeah, yeah, I'm, old, was, I'm, old, yeah. I'm old
1: enough to have done right. that too. But, but like I was saying, so you've got um, Waiting for Guffman, which is good if not great. But best in show to me is the well, it, the crest of this whole family that's yeah. making movies together. We,
2: I I don't disagree with you. I, I mean, I love both those films. I like I like A Mighty Wind quite a bit. Although I do think it is a little bit right of a step down a from, from yeah. the other ones. Mm-hmm. But that trilogy right there mm-hmm. is wonderful. But you look at this mm-hmm. Spinal Tap, and you think about how much it gets right about, and that's what, and that's why I'm glad we're talking about this in relationship to the Dirt because I look at a film like the Dirt. And it, it wants to be funny. It wants you to laugh. But it does not get that. To, to really earn that, it has to show you how ridiculous this is. And the dirt cannot bring itself to do that. The dirt will... At no point did I feel like it was allowing me to laugh at those characters in the way that no. I really needed to.
1: What we accomplished as Motley Crue was too serious to... To present it in a way that is right. laughable. and,
2: and what, what it did to our lives and how it's put us into addiction. And I'm not saying that didn't happen. I'm not saying that isn't an actuality. But the problem is you can't have it. I, in two hours, you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You can't have me laughing at the excesses of rock and roll And then also telling me how it's such a devastating pathway for somebody to go down and how it ruins their life and how and how they pull out in this miraculous way. It's just it's too big of a tonal shift and one that's unearned, one that they don't do through character development or anything like that. This is a film, Spinal Tap. That actually does character development in this really wonderful way. That actually, by the end of it, I think you do care about those characters.
0: Well, you do because they go from, you know, taking themselves very seriously and like thinking that this album is going to do big numbers and that their US tour is going to be huge to slowly being like beaten down by show cancellations, by not great tournaments, by reality, by, you know in store promotions that nobody comes to and like by seeing what other artists are doing bigger than them that came after them, you know, just this right. They just are beaten down over and over and over again with the reality of you're not as important a band as you think that you are. Right. And so finally at the end, the bass player, um uh Derek Smalls. Derek Smalls. I thought it was Derek, I Derek knew it was Shear. Smalls, yeah. yeah. Uh and the singer are talking to each other and like yeah, maybe Spinal Tap's over. It's fine. Well, that's fine. We're going to be able to free up and do all this other stuff. And right. yeah, everything's going to be. And I'm they over. finally accept that Spinal Tap is over. It's not important anymore. Nobody really cares that much about it. And then. We've lived our life. Yeah, we've lived it. We did great. Now we can, you know, do Saucy Jack and like all these other ridiculous <laughs> things that they want to do. And then it isn't until Nigel kind of ropes them into touring Japan where people mm-hmm. do care about them there. Or well, there's an audience. You know, that they're like, it kind, you know, so you do get like this whole story arc about them going from one to the other and then back up again, you know, and that's something that a lot of these kinds of movies aren't able to do. And I mean, should everyone that makes a biopic model it after Spinal Tap? Probably. I don't know. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> well, and, and in terms of like, you know, these people, they actually did play the instruments. They yeah. did actually play the music. They even went and reshot stuff. That's right. Because it didn't
0: the movements didn't match up.
2: Yeah. That's I mean, and that's that's amazing that there was that level of attention to detail.
0: That's how you make a good
1: movie. Well, it's too innovative to not I would like to think, in my, in my dream, that they figured out halfway through the filming, we're making something special now. This is really going to work, so it's worth, the val- it's worth the time to go back and make it exactly right. I don't know if that happened. I think it had to have. They knew they, at some point, they said, this is working. At some point, they said, what a risk, what a gamble, this is going to be weird. And then they said, no, it's working. Because it works, it works so well. Oh yeah, and it they does. knew that it did that it was without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. it's it, it's funny, you
2: know. Over the years, it you know, Spinal Tap was successful mm-hmm. in its original run, but was not anyhow it, in any sense it like a breakout. Records. It was, yeah, right. I mean, it was it was a modest film with a modest audience, but over the years, it's kind of built up that it's... You know, in the way that, like, there are these bands that are like musicians' bands, like people who actually, you know, play music, love the band, who can do things a certain way, and maybe a general audience doesn't. This is the same kind of thing. This is a musician's biopic, right? Even though it's not a biopic, right? Like, it's a musician's yeah. fake mockumentary where so many people who have actually been in bands and have actually they got experienced it. that, right. Well, right? Exactly, because they get it mm-hmm. and and they see the oh, my God, this is what it's like. I mean, we do get into these stupid arguments. We do actually experience these bad shows, and we have mm-hmm. to deal with the aftermath. And What we're doing is not that serious for as seriously as our audience <laughs> takes. Right. And so for a film like The Dirt, which really like most biopics is more of a sort of celebration or even to, to bring in the term hagiography, right? Like this kind of
0: like to bring in what term hagiography, please this define like, that for sort our of, audience sort of like, and for me. Spell it.
2: Almost like a biography <laughs> that like elevates somebody to like St. Stats Oh, okay. or something, you know, like that yeah. sort of like puts them. So like it, It creates this image of
0: these. It's like hierarchy and biography together.
2: In this, well, hagiography. I don't know what the root is, honestly. But but
0: it's the idea of
2: like telling the story of something that's like ascended to like almost like you know this kind of. spiritual level mm-hmm. like again like a great going band, back like to the door the doors or right. the, you know like that put them on this pedestal right this is the exact opposite mm-hmm. this is cutting them down mm-hmm. this is showing that they're just humans right. that they make bad mistakes <laughs> right. That they make bad decisions there's skid marks this. in everyone's underwear exactly <laughs> and and so it's so refreshing that way where you're just like yeah this this is how things actually play out and ultimately i think you know we're talking about you know, the lack of character development in something like the dirt. Mm-hmm. This is sort of a master class. You have
1: to have it's all about
0: characters. You have to have it and you have to like the characters or you reject the premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, without I mean, this movie's about the characters, yeah. not about the debauchery. And it's you know? also That's about the difference.
1: It's also um set up in a series of scenes that are meant to be funny individually. Right. Yeah. So my question to both of you is just a couple of your favorite spinal tap scenes and i'll and let's default out this goes to 11 that's everyone's favorite we'll
0: get it out of the way it's
2: an amazing (laughs) it's so it's so good i mean i
0: I, man i really love and how well well he delivers the line Uh, yeah well because because whenever rob reiner says why don't you just make 10 louder Uh and then he responds he has to wait and think he thinks about it but when he says, because these go to 11, he fucking means that, yeah, yeah. you know? Right. Like, well, he really believes yeah, that. Yeah. And I think— I
2: mean,
1: for there
0: me— There are two choices, I think watching and mine it, is correct.
2: Watching <laughs> it the first time many, many years ago, the scene that stood out to me—or I, mean, I, I guess maybe the— uh-huh the sort of uh, gag that stood out to me the most the mini Stonehenge like where they oh. they spent oh, yeah. all this time planning the set they t- and, then, and then and no it descent and
0: beforehand. it's just
1: okay. watching it knowing miniature, watching
0: it knowing that's there's little hit.
1: people dancing around yeah. it yeah. That, are, that are about knocking it up. over yeah <laughs> That's so good. I mean, one
0: of mine is uh, the 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 cucumber wrapped in foil. Yeah, that's in so good. That's so yeah, good. At the, uh, I didn't. I, okay, so I saw at sp- the airport. I saw Spinal Tap for the first time when I was much much it's much so younger, juvenile. and I didn't get it at, uh, as much at the time <laughs> that I get it and now. And it's his and it's
1: his delivery, and there's nothing wrong. Yeah, the, I don't understand like, okay, what yeah.
0: what's the problem. Um, very, I very good. two of my favorite scenes. I re. <laughs> I really like when uh, Rob Reiner, as as the director, is reading um, the reviews, bat, the reviews yeah. and, they're, and they're and they're just like really trying hard to take it well because uh, they right, know they're on right. camera. And Rob Reiner's is trying to deliver it well. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, want to be rude, yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, that part's really fun. Rob, Rob Reiner's um, really good
1: as an actor. He is. Man. I mean,
0: he's great at he's great at most things that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then I and then I really like the. Um, Not, I mean, there's no like, I mean, this is a thing that kind of weaves in and out of the film throughout, so I can't solidify. I guess I could pick my favorite scene of all of the different moments that it comes up, but the drummer thing, the whole saga with the drummers is so good, especially at the end when the one just spontaneously combusts and instantly, without missing a beat, there's another drummer there to replace him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as somebody who has, for the better part of the last 10 years, In every band that I've ever been in, struggled to find a steady drummer. (laughs) Like that, just like fucking hits me so hard. They do. The traveling cold sore. I mean, it's all.
2: It's it's so good. good. Yeah, yeah. From from top to bottom. I mean, it is as I said coming into it. It is a classic in so many senses, and I think that um, you you would be hard pressed to find a film that captures the spirit of popular music in a more substantial way than this film does.
1: Yeah. Even though it's doing it parodically. And it's nice to know that when we try to watch a modern film and it's just a steaming pile of crap, that we can go back and look at some of these classic films and know they'll, they'll clean our palate. There is quality out there. And right. you can make a rock film that's incredible.
0: Yeah, you can. Yes. And they did. It's doable. Even it, though it's not a real band. Even did? though it's not a real band that became a real band. We need the next Spinal Tap.
2: I feel like we're there. I feel like we're ready. Was well, that going to be a album. mockumentary?
0: Well, I don't know. okay. So this is, this is interesting. We got a very abstract version of it in spring breakers.
2: Because <laughs> the, With Raff. Yeah, yeah.
0: The character James Franco plays is very much directly ripped off of riffraff. I think that the next spinal tap needs to be a lampooning of SoundCloud rappers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that culture of perceived excess and wealth, yeah. and the reality of how much money these people actually probably have. Right. Granted, I you know I'm not Lil Pump's accountant or anything, so I don't know what he right. actually makes. But I would have to think that every time he throws cash off of his balcony at a hotel onto fans, that he probably really doesn't have enough money to be doing that. Mm-hmm. I would have to guess. So we'll, this show we'll took find a long turn. We'll
2: find out when the, uh, the the next crew comes along and yeah. does that. But until then, uh, it w- might be Rocket Man. It might be. Hmm. Meh, probably not. Mm. But but what, You know, Joe just spoke to uh, washing the the taste away here in in Big Bad Baptista. How are you feeling about that? I
1: got to tell you, I live in Corpus Christi, Texas, and I can't imagine any other person in this city that's going to have the occasion in one evening to drink the epic Big Barrel Baptist. Mm -hmm. Quadruple barrel. And then just a few minutes later... The Big Bad Baptista, which is clearly a takeoff on what must have been a successful run of a different beer, or the other, or mm-hmm. the and other now we're going to do the Mexican ingredient version of it. Yeah, what a fantastic night to drink beer, my friend. Thank you for bringing this into my life. So this, you liked it? I liked. I liked the, <laughs> I liked the journey. Yeah, the the stout base and the me, the Mexican ingredient version of it. This was solid. Yeah, and and it was only exemplified by having had its its predecessor prior.
0: Oh well, very nice, very very very. Well, I, know, I think it's. I don't know if this is a
1: base. It's, no, it's got to be. It, it, this, well, no, the, but the marketing. No, this is, but this is the one. Big that was bad in, Baptist and big bad Baptista.
2: Right. No, it's a variation. Yeah. it's definitely a variant. Um, I think with this one. It was a lot boozier. They're the quadruple boozier. burial barrel. Burial. Burial. Oh my god, we already we're, uh, we
0: are deep. But we this, are, this they is they this is this is eleven point seven. This one
2: is eleven point six. Right. Okay, ABVs so there's similar too. ABVs. So but but it doesn't taste as boozy, I think, in part because this had the the whiskey and, and the rum. Yeah. And, and the
0: adjuncts were aged. And the adjuncts
2: were aged. This one is a little more stripped out.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you can taste the Mexican coffee. You can yeah, taste no, there's the, the, the Mexican. Oh, it is uh, a flavorful experience, big time. But it doesn't feel a, quite as boozy.
0: It's a better Chocoveza. Mm. You think? Be. I get your, and you. I, you think so? Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it's not as bitter. I mean, it has no, some bitterness. It has a good amount of smoother. bitterness, it has, but it's it, smoother. Yeah. yeah, it has a higher ABV on purpose, right? Which
1: no, you know. I think yeah. I mean, anything it, under ten percent is just water. Th- this being my
2: <laughs> this being my first time you're having any of the big bad Baptists. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm enjoying these. Yeah, And it has certainly made it a lot more fun to talk about these. Films. And I'm so glad that we're closing with This Is Final Tap and Not The Dirt. No, yes. That's helped cleanse I mean, the whole be, palate.
0: Because of, at the top of this episode, doing the homebrew thing, mm-hmm. I was looking at our time when we were talking about The Dirt, and we were pretty deep mm-hmm. towards the end of that discussion. And I I almost, almost suggested that... We skip Spinal Tap and just do the whole episode on the dirt. And I'm so glad we didn't do that. Yeah.
2: Because we we
1: can't do that
0: talking to our at, listeners. Talking about Spinal Tap has really uh, lightened my spirits. I don't want to say
1: one more thing, in a, a very abbreviated. Netflix had better up their game if they're going to put out original films and call them good. Because the last batch has been pretty horrible.
0: Well, Buster Scruggs was no, no we're, now. we're, we're months
1: past Buster Scruggs they're putting out movies every year every month now every I mean, month, month now, now so there's a there's all like right.
0: something like forty two different original movies and shows coming out in April or something all yeah. like right David
2: take us home well I I mean would.
1: <laughs> get us what, out but, of here what did, we're, we're, no, we're done we're not, talking
0: no we're not done talking we're what do we think about the beer you're the only one that talked about the beer joe i said big bad baptista was awesome now wrap this show up yeah but we didn't talk about it <laughs> oh go, go ahead i'm
1: gonna take a nap <laughs> totally
2: enjoyed it loved the beer i i would highly recommend anybody who can get their hands on mm-hmm. uh these big bad baptist uh versions Dude, which
0: did you prefer
2: I think I pr- actually preferred the big bad Bat- Batista yeah. because it has, it, again, it wasn't quite as boozy, mm-hmm. and More it flavor. had a little bit, yeah, there was a little bit of a spicy element yeah. there that I that I was appreciating.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i going to agree 100% with that. See,
1: I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go, I preferred that guy.
0: Well, yeah. fuck you, Joe. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> Majority rules, right? bro. So, O'Doyle rules. <laughs>
2: Let's point them to the social
0: media. Uh, yeah, you can shit. <laughs> you can shit. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. Not like going there. You can find us on Instagram at Beer in a Movie, and you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Beer in a Movie TX. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, beer in a Movie I think that I didn't say that last time. Right. And yeah, but also please, whatever you do. Before you uh, finish this podcast, close the podcast app and put your phone away for the day. Rate, review, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Help us out. Keep uh keep up to date. Keep yeah. abreast of our new offerings. That's uh, right. Because we are, uh, with the exception of the um the week before the Garden Path episode, we're doing this weekly now, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're on a regular schedule. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let send us, us beer. Know. Let us know what you want us to review. I mean, we. Uh, we're we're going to dig into those classics from time to time. Like a, This Is Spinal Tap. Is there a film you feel like we need to cover? Days and um, Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's sure. it,
0: I saw that for the first time within the last year. Wow. wow.
2: And, uh, you know, or is there something coming out that you really want to see? The Beach Bum. And uh,
0: We're going to see The Beach yeah. Bum. There's so. no fucking way I'm not going <laughs> to see The Beach Bum.
2: <laughs> but until
1: then, subscribers, yeah. keep please. your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars.
0: So the case
1: case
0: them. Alright.